What up, pod fans? We're back with another episode as part of our misdiagnosis series. Today, it's a person who's been on the podcast before, Dex Geralds. Uh, originally, he was a type 2 diabetic who was also a personal trainer and fitness competitor. And his story was particularly unique and particularly inspiring for people who often are told because of diabetes stigma that people with type 2 diabetes are, are overweight, inactive, lazy, et cetera. Uh, and he was really shifting that paradigm. Unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, he has been diagnosed as type one now. And so as we have been talking about first with uh, Felicita Rose and now with Dex Geralds, uh, there is a lot of misdiagnosis early on, especially in the black community. Uh, Dex comes on and talks about the differences uh, in his care and his management in diabetes since he was diagnosed as type one, and also takes us through the process by which he got the antibody test and by working with a new care team as part of that. So really exciting uh, stuff. It's also part of our creator series because Dex is not only misdiagnosed, but he's also a content creator and he makes awesome workout videos basically every day. And he kind of takes us behind the scenes as what his process is like and how he finds the time, energy, and makes the effort to connect with people with diabetes online. He has such a unique perspective coming from the type two community and now shifting into the type one community. Uh, I can't wait to hear people think about this episode. And if you're a person living with type one or type two, definitely give him a follow. He's a great person on the internet. Got a super cute smile too. He's so funny. So yeah, check it out. Please enjoy this episode with Dex Geralds. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. We're telling the amazing stories of people with diabetes from all over the world. And we got a repeat guest friend of the pod, Dex Geralds. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to talk about the new things going on in my life. Man, and there's some really new things. And, you know, it's funny, time flies whenever I look back, it's like, oh yeah, we haven't, it hasn't been that long since we talked to Dex. Like, you know, it's basically just been a whole pandemic since the last time we talked <laughs> on the podcast and like, you know, a lot of things that go along with that. Uh, but man, uh, you are you know, for a long time, for many years, I would send people who came across our profile or our page uh, links to your profile because you exhibited like, you know, the, the sort of, you're the paradigm of the person who lives with type two diabetes, but is still very active, is still very fit, still, you know, chasing their dreams and living their dreams. And now uh, as part of this uh, misdiagnosed series that we're kind of going through on the pod, uh, it turns out really recently that you were uh, misdiagnosed type two and actually live with type one. So I don't know, man, walk us through the last two months and what that's been like for you. Yeah. So um, I uh, partnered up with um, a digital health company, 9am. And what they do is some home tests. So um, had a guy come in, he uh, drew my blood, took it back to the labs, the labs came back and Molly, the woman I was working with at 9am, uh, asking me a few questions about like where my blood sugar was and like how I was managing it. And she asked if I can do additional tests. And so the guy came back a week later, we did another, another um, blood test. And then she gave me the results that um, basically that my beta cells are dying at a slow rate. Um, so um, yeah, that I was actually <laughs> type one diabetic and kind of changed everything that I've been doing the last uh, decade. Yeah. Yeah. Last decade since I've been diagnosed. Um, yeah. So now it's learning about how to bolus and um, giving myself injections, I don't know, five to eight times a day. And uh, 
yeah, it's just managing it's like what diabetes and learning like it's like walking again just relearning how to do um how to manage diabetes so well it's so interesting to hear that this came as like a result of a partnership because i know i've seen some posts from 9am health and i know some friends of ours friends of the pod work there like behind the scenes and so uh, this is you know for all content creators out there like partnerships can lead to discoveries that you like didn't even realize so right. um what, when you were talking to your care team, like at 9am and kind of looking and reviewing that blood work, you know, do you remember like where, you, you know, were you having any problems with your keeping your sugars in range? Like, was there anything that changed about like your day-to-day management or was it just the results of the test? Um, yeah. So I was having issues with, um, being in range quite a bit. It seemed like, um, I would be in range for like, three to four days. And then after that, I would just have these high numbers and not knowing like I'm exercising, I'm eating low carb, like where is these things coming from? Um, Sleeping well, trying to do everything uh, in my power to make sure my blood sugar is in range. Uh, So like I I was kind of frustrated, not really knowing what to do. Uh, I definitely started exercising more than I already do um, because I found that just helped lower my blood sugar and I just stayed in range better that way, which sucked because just beat up all the time um so yeah like I was yeah I was already frustrated I didn't really know what to do um so yeah I mean luckily um through some higher power like what linked up with 9 a.m and now things are starting to shape up and get better did you feel sick like were you experiencing high blood sugar like headaches migraines polyuria like lots of dehydration like is that kind of what caused you to want to do the testing or were you just like so out of range that you're like, this is just frustrating and I don't want to do this anymore. Um, so like I'm a super positive person. Um, just always been that way. Like, I mean, obviously behind me, I'm obsessed with superheroes. So um, so anytime anyone came up with something new for me to try to see what we can do to help with my blood sugar, I was just ready to jump into it. And uh, yeah, so like I'd, like, I'd be dehydrated quite a bit and super tired all the time which sucks because personal trainer like I always need to be on when I'm talking to clients and I work a lot like I I work maybe 10 hours a day so it's so it's kind of hard like uh trying to function day to day and having these crazy numbers and um so that was that I guess that was a little frustrating but like like I said I'm pretty positive so I figured I'll figure it out at some point I just need to keep trial and error keep trying keep trying well, and I think too, like, let's, let's dig into your, you know, some of your like initial fixes, right? You were, you're a personal trainer, you, you know, work out every day in some capacity, right? Whether it's for yourself or, you know, alongside your clients and, you know, obviously creating like fitness content. Uh, what was that like for you? Like mentally, you were like, Hey, I, I have to work out more to keep myself in range. Like that's still like, you know, you're working out way more than the average person and have an attack even more on that. Like just. I don't know, walk me through, you know, as you, and like you said, in your day-to-day life, like having high blood sugars, having sugars out of range, like riding that sort of roller coaster, like really gets in the way of you doing what you do and what you love to do. And like you said, you're really busy and and, and like to work. I don't know, like diabetes became like a, a bigger burden, like, well, obviously, right? Yeah. Like it extremely bigger burden. The crazy thing is I work with type two diabetics and they come exercise and they listen to my advice and their numbers got better. 
and I'm still struggling with mine. So that was like another frustrating thing. So yeah, like I don't really like jogging, but I know that steady state cardio helps me drop my blood sugar. So I was doing that quite a bit or rowing, taking a spin class, something like that. And then on top of my regular routine of CrossFit and bodybuilding. Um, so yeah, like I was just not only am I tired all the time because of the high blood sugar, but my body's run down because every day, like I wake up and I got to do 30 minutes of this cardio. So my blood sugar is in range when I get to work so I can be on point when I'm working with my clients or coaching a class. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just kind of crazy to, like I said, just working with my clients and seeing them improve. And then I'm still stuck in the same place and getting worse at some points. Man, I can't, I can't even imagine how like mentally frustrating that is, but it, it kind of brings you back to this point of a few years ago, there was a campaign that JDRF did called like T1D that you don't see. Uh, and you know, obviously that was related to, to T1D, but like, I would just say like, there's so much diabetes that goes behind the scenes. Like the average person who follows you on social media probably is not going to realize that you did 30 minutes of steady state cardio just to make it through the rest of your day. And like, that's, those are the types of hurdles that people with diabetes are dealing with. Uh, you know, no matter what type they're managing. And at the same time, you know, you, while you were still living well and doing what you wanted to do, there was, you know, that the underlying misdiagnosis for 10 years. And like you said, you're not all diabetes is the same. It's not created equal, so to speak. So like some people's beta cells, like binary tray is like, just are gone peace out real quick. And then other people's like take a lot longer. Um, and, you know, at the same time, you wouldn't, uh, wouldn't necessarily classify like a young person like yourself as maybe LADA, latent adult onset, um, you know, uh, autoimmune diabetes in adults. But I don't know, I guess like after you got that, uh, the antibody test and the results from that blood work, like, were you relieved? Were you frustrated? Like what was the kind of what, what state of mind did that find you? No, oh, I was definitely relieved that like, all right, so now I know what the issue is and there's a solution so yeah like like I said I'm just super positive and after hearing that I was like all right so what do I have to do um let me figure this out and yeah, yeah since then it's I mean it's still a little bit of trial and error like I, I wake up with um a lot of lows now um it's crazy to walk down the street just the block and then have my freestyle libre go off and tell me my blood sugar is low so like that's been kind of crazy, especially carrying around fruit snacks. Like I haven't ate fruit snacks in 10 years, but it was just too much sugar. So not that I'm disappointed with the fruit <laughs> snacks. It's kind of nice to have that in my diet again. But uh, but yeah, it's just like now it's just like I love going to shows. Concerts are my favorite thing. Um, last year I went to 40 shows. And now like when I go to shows, I, I have to make sure I'm prepped just in case. Like if I'm dancing too much or something like that, um, I got to make sure I have some extra glucose on me. And yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So just, yeah, it's it's definitely been a process, but it was nice to know what the issue is. So I'm able to manage my diabetes better. Man, I'm sure that there are a lot of concert junkies listening to this episode who are, you know, grown adults like you and I, who like grown man walking into a concert with a bunch of fruit snacks in their pockets or their bags. Like, yeah, I know those are just strange looks. People are like, are these just like, you know, filled with booze or drugs or something? It's like, no, sorry, this is like strictly medicinal. 
It's so funny you say that, Rob, because I always think about like how much of the population is just type one diabetic men buying cargo shorts for their snacks. <laughs> like there's got to be so many of you guys in Old Navy just like I got to have these like. Well, and like, you know, when fanny packs came back in style a few years ago, like that was a huge win for me personally, because it's like, OK, cool. Now I don't have to stuff all of my stuff, all of my diabetes supplies in my pocket or like, you know, wear cargo shorts like that's just a cursed, a cursed existence. Uh, all the yeah, cargo shorts are back. So crazy is trying to be stylish and having these fat pockets of like insulin or something like that, just to take, uh, I didn't think about cargo shorts. I've never really been a fan, but. They're uh, not cute. Yeah. Please don't start. Don't start wearing the decks. <laughs> That's not cute. No, yeah. forget I, I said it. <laughs> I, think, I think we've all struggled with that. Like, you know, like, God, like, do I, do I need to brick a fit? with some cargo shorts or, you know, like do my, in this, hey, hey, like, let me take all my stuff out of my pocket so I can take a photo. So it doesn't look like I have an entire, uh, <laughs> I have an entire pantry on me. Um, what a male struggle though. I do think about this a lot and I know it's not to deviate from the conversation, but it is something I've always wondered about other than you, Rob, with like your, cause sometimes I see Robin, he carries like a man purse thing. How do you fully like embrace guys? It. It's weird, but it's fine. I don't know. Maybe I'm a toxic male person, but so Dex, do you carry like a fanny pack with all in your shorts? Like you're a personal trainer. So like, where's your gear, dude? Yeah, I mean, like day to day, like I always have a backpack. Um, I work at a couple of different gyms. I also don't drive. So taking the Metro and stuff, I just carry everything on that. Um, it depends on the situation. If I'm going to a festival, that's super easy. Like I can wear a fanny pack or the, the, the little pouch across the chest. Still looks stylish. Um, Okay. Like tonight, the show I'm going to tonight, um, my pants are pretty baggy. So like I'll probably just stuff them in there and uh do it. That what about way. a date? What about a first date? What are you wearing on a date? Um, on a first date, um, let me think. I just these are the things that I think about when I think about male people with diabetes. I'm like, how do you guys like you know, can't just hide in your purse? Right. And, you know, like you're trying to make a good first impression, you know, too. So, you know, first impression with diabetes can always be challenging. I think like, that's been a long a time since, since I've been on a first date, but like, you know, you, most of them occur over food. So that usually makes like the diabetes like conversation a little bit easier. It's like, Hey, I'm going to like <laughs> give myself a shot here. Like, so we can eat. Um, and generally, I don't know. It always worked out fine for me. I don't know. How does it, how has it worked for you, Dex? Um, so I guess like the last few dates that I went on, um, I went to a museum. So great yeah, first date location, by the way, elite. Uh, yeah. Super, Makes you like, seem yeah, brainy. Like, I'm, I'm articulate. <laughs> I'm smart. Right. And it gives you space to like um, separate from who you're with, give them a little bit of space and then come back and talk about something. So definitely recommend for anyone listening out there. Museums are a great first date. This is actually a take that I had years ago, like, because a museum, there's so many different elements of it. Like there's a cafe, there's like different, you know, you can go to an art museum, you can go to a science museum, but every museum has something for some, for everyone. So you get to learn like what you're interested in. And I think that's like a great way to sort of like, you know, skip some like introductory chapters and like really get to know what somebody's like all about and what they're like and like what makes them excited or what makes them bored or whatever. So yeah, I think if you're really trying to like suss out if a person is is cool or is you know is interested in the same things as you, museums are a way to go. Plus great museum cafes and gift shops. Yeah. You know, 
bring the man purse. Bring your bring your man purse. Like <laughs> this is what Dex is because that's what I was trying. I was like, well, are you avoiding my question? Is like, what do you what? How are we carrying the gear? But these are the questions I ask myself about men with diabetes. So I'm sorry to you know derail y'all. So let's kind of take it back though a little bit. Um, going to shows like that's a that's a big part of like of, of like you said forty shows. That's like just a little bit less than like once a week. Um, I know you're going to a show tonight. What has changed like now, like besides the gummy bears, like, are you, you know, more present with like your diabetes? Is it, are you now like as, as living as, as a type one for the last two months, uh, how is your approach different now than when it was, uh, prior when you were just on your oral medication? Yeah, I definitely, um, I definitely check, um, my blood sugar levels a lot more now. Um, especially like depending on the event, like if it's more of an electronic dancey kind of thing, uh, I really like house music. So like, I'm definitely aware of where my blood sugar is before I get there, when I'm there, if I have drinks and stuff like that. So I'm definitely checking a lot more. Um, tonight, probably not so dancey, but I am going to a music festival this weekend. So um, that's going to be, this will be my first festival um, as with the right diagnosis. So we'll see how it is going to be a long day. Um, it's in Pasadena and I think it's going to be like 93 degrees or something like that. And I know that like heat and dehydration and all that stuff is going to uh, come into play. So um, yeah, like I've just kind of been thinking about how I'm going to prepare for it. Um, I will have my man purse or merce or whatever. Um, I'm take that with me and, and wear it with yeah, pride. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, wear it with pride. Uh, you oh, know. Yeah. Don't let the air, don't let the air tray rose get you down, dog. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I got a pretty cool fanny pack. Maybe I'll wear that instead. Um, Tag this in the pics. I want to see. That's that's the key, though, right? You have to like, you know, this is so much uh, like related to diabetes as well. But like, you have to kind of make it work for you. And you know, it is functional, but I think it also can be fashionable. And you know, that's what I try to do. Is like most of my most of my design choices are always utilitarian. It's always like function first, but you know, with diabetes, like there's so much to feel like burdened by, and there's so much to feel, uh, you know, overwhelmed by, or so much to feel like it's so clinical. So if you have the chance to at least like bright, make your diabetes life easier, might as well, you know, make it fashion, make it a little, make it a little luxe or make it like, you know, identify with your personality. I've definitely noticed that I'm buying more clothes that look like they're from the nineties just cause like fanny packs and all that stuff is in yep. there. so wide um, jeans, like, you know, yeah, all that's coming in. Those jeans. jeans for me, is it, my legs are still big from working out so much that, uh, well, I still haven't found a good pair of wide jeans yet. Like every, all my jeans look like skinny jeans. Whether yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you. It's, uh, I'm kind of glad that we have to not like, cause dudes with big legs, we don't talk about this enough. Like I even got an ad today. It was like, uh, buff dudes need jeans too, is what the ad said. And I was like, okay. Oh well, my God. I hate you. Rob. <laughs> but at the same time, like, you know, you're, you're lifting legs, like you're, you're active, you want to be able to move and, you know, skinny jeans just weren't designed for that. And so it's like, you know, now we got a little bit of extra room to move. Uh, I saw some, there's like the meme going around with like the Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell shot from uh, crazy stupid love where he's like trying to get him to change his style to be like really 2011. But if he was dressed like that way today, he would be super stylish. So fashion just like, you know, just the windshield wiper keeps turning. That's crazy. That's true. I mean, I actually really like that movie, but I didn't even think about it. Yeah. It's so true. That movie's a banger. hundred percent. Fantastic film. Fantastic. <laughs> 
Uh, so, okay, let's go back to, you, you know, you're, you're working with people with diabetes. Uh, you're now, now at least you have gotten the correct diagnosis. You're uh, getting familiar with the injections and with the long acting insulin, your uh, numbers are way better in range. You know, how are you able to now like talk to your clients about, you know, the different diabetes experiences? Do you also train people with type one? Like, do you kind of see as, as an advantage, like being able to see both sides of the diabetes equation? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely an advantage. I have not trained like personal trained uh type one diabetic yet there are a few at my gym um so i talk to them and how they manage um their blood sugar levels while they're working out um i know for a couple times now especially when i'm at boxing like i've dropped really low and um i'm kind of stupid i uh always try to push through i guess it's just being an athlete my whole life and like not really thinking about it and like i had a really bad low um probably like a month ago, maybe five weeks ago. Um, but yeah, like, it's just, it's just learning this. And like, I feel like I'm more connected with the diabetic community, like on both sides. And um, as a personal trainer, and as a person who always wants to help people, like, it's basically a blessing in disguise to be able to relate to both sides of the equation. And um, yeah, like it's just, yeah, it's definitely an advantage and something I'm kind of, kind of proud of, I guess, for the most part, like knowing both sides. Yeah. I, I think it's something you should be proud of, especially because like, you know, building that mindset of perseverance, like is so essential, whatever kind of diabetes you have. And I imagine it's so frustrating that, you know, to be you know stuck in a situation with your diabetes, where you're following the protocols that your care team has put in place, you're taking your medication, you're doing your exercise, you're like doing all the right things, checking all those boxes. And it doesn't work, you know, because, you know, it's just not the right type of man care plan for your diabetes. And then to kind of unlock that, uh, you know, with, with the antibody tests and with the blood work, you know, now at least you have a pathway forward and you, you know, you didn't, you're, I think, uh, Felissa DeRose, Dr. Felissa DeRose says like diagnosed, not defeated, like misdiagnosed, not defeated, like still maintaining that positive mindset. Um, I don't know. It's super crucial. And I think, you know, we can all do well to learn from it. And at the same time, like if you are really active and like trying in your diabetes management and really putting that effort in and you're not getting the results and you haven't taken that antibody test, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, um, I like someone recommended it to me like five years ago and I just didn't really think about it. And yeah, like, I think, especially, um, as like we talked about earlier, um, in the black community, it seems like a lot of people are being misdiagnosed. And, um, I mean, I guess for a number of different reasons, but like, if you have the opportunity to take the test, like I definitely recommend that. Talk to me about like, when, when you got the results back, just like the education process, kind of like from the jump. So like on day one of your type two diagnosis, like the education and the prescriptions and like the, the rhetoric that the care team kind of gave you compared to day one as a type one, do you, did you notice any difference? Like, did you, do you feel like there was less or more support or less or more stigma? Um, it's definitely a big difference. Um, so I was diagnosed as type two 10 years ago um, in Boston. And the moment I was diagnosed, the doctor came in and was like, all right, I want you to take this, this, and this. Um, and that was pretty much it. Didn't really tell me about how to eat or anything like that. Like that's, I ended up buying 
type two diabetes for dummies and like learning from that on um, how to manage um, uh, diabetes. But with 9 a.m., the great thing was um, they were there like every step of the way. Every day we talked or we hopped on Zoom or something like that and broke down everything, like how to count carbs and how to bolus for that. And so it was definitely a smoother process um, with the type one diagnosis than it was in the, when I was type two. Type two just seemed like they were trying to give me a Band-Aid. And then with type one, it was like they were t- teaching me how to live with type one diabetes. And that's completely virtual, yeah? So you're able to like communicate with your team like through the platform? Yeah, and I, that was like the really great things. Again, like I'm working not just in the gym, but like now with like finally starting to embrace the whole social media thing. And uh, so like these partnerships and stuff like that. So I'm brainstorming how to create videos and all that stuff. So it was nice to just have that convenience of either messaging them and them hitting me back um, within a few hours or hopping on a call every Friday and seeing how everything is going. And so, yeah, like the, just the convenience of what 9am did for me, like definitely helped out a lot. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, this isn't SpawnCon for 9am, although I think you are, you're a 9am like sponsored, like it started as like a, a, like a content engagement, right. And it ended up changing your life. <laughs> so like what a huge benefit and like, obviously like benefit of, of the platform, but you know, we had initially thought of bringing you back on the podcast, uh, just talk about content creators with diabetes and just like what it's like to be creating content, whether, and for you it's fitness, but for other people it's inspirational or educational or whatever the case may be. And like the, the burdens of like having to do way more videos now. And like, you know, I see your, your, uh, like workout videos basically every day. So like, I know that not only are you managing your diabetes and you're working with your clients, but you're also like taking the time, not only to work out for yourself, but to put out videos for your, for your following. And that's a lot. It's a lot to keep in mind and a lot, you know, and it is work. It really is. And, uh, so, you know, it just, it just happened to happen at this time where you also fit into our kind of misdiagnosed, uh, content series that we're putting out. So you're kind of like right there at the best of both. So all of that long diatribe to say, like, what's it like to be a diabetes content creator? And like, what was the response from your audience when you made the announcement about, you know, no longer being type two? Um, so first I being a content creator is I'm an introvert. So it's kind of hard sometimes. Like I get a lot of messages on top of text messages and all that stuff. So there's a lot of times where I just want to go in my shell and like be anti-social for a little bit. So that's been kind of an adjustment trying to answer questions that I get from a lot of people. Um, and then again, working, you know, eight to 10 hours a day on top of recording my workouts, which make my workouts probably 30, maybe to an hour longer than what they should take. Um, and then like trying to be creative so that, my content uh, looks good and also like eyes are looking at it. So, um, and again, managing diabetes. So there's just a, like, I never really thought about how hectic my days are for the most part. Um, But yeah, like it's just, um, it's kind of, it's tough, but exciting. The fact that like, once I was diagnosed with, um, type one diabetes, a lot of people reached out to me and asked like, if I have any questions or anything like that. So that was really cool to see like, again, the other side of the community embracing me as well. And like, after being a 
type two diabetic the last 10 years. And what really kind of sucked though, was like, I felt like I was abandoning my type two diabetics and I really didn't know how to proceed with being a content creator when the whole time that I've started doing this, it's always been about type two diabetes for the most part. Um, I think I'm starting to figure it out. Like I definitely still have the same knowledge that I've had um, working with type two diabetics and still want to give content to them, um, but also want to create content for people living with type one diabetes and how to like exercise and everything like that. So yeah, I mean, the process has just been, it's kind of just been crazy. And um, I don't know, like, I, I think, I, I think I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, definitely just having a lot of new conversations and learning a lot more. And I love data and knowledge. So yeah, I did. now that I really think about it, I actually am enjoying the process and everything that's going on. Well, I'm glad that you're, you know, enjoying it and, and making that progress and like going through it. It's interesting, you know, what you said about like wondering where your position in the diabetes community relative to the type two community that you've invested so much time and effort in over the years, because that's actually what I thought about as well. Um, and you know, not only with you, but with other diabetes type two diabetes content creators, you know, there's a high percentage of some of the ones that I was the most familiar with who were all misdiagnosed and who have now recently, uh, been diagnosed with type one or, or with LADA or, or with other types of diabetes. And, you know, my first thought obviously was like, well, I'm really glad for them. And I'm really happy that they, that they're going to be able to have better like health and outcomes and like be able to manage their disease better. But also I felt a little bit of sadness for the type two community because like they rely on you guys so much and you guys were these like figureheads. And, um, so yeah, I definitely, it's, it's interesting to hear you say like, you know, feeling like kind of abandoning them and like wondering how to continue that forward. But I also think like, even if one of those people saw it, saw your story and were, and went to go get an antibody test and found out that they had a different type of diabetes, like that, that would be a huge win and a huge legacy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, that's, yeah, it's definitely true. Um, wow. I mean, just kind of crazy that I can help people on so many different levels and it kind of like it's evolving over time. So that's really cool. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but. Well, that's, that's actually one of the reasons that I have so much respect for content creators and people who give of themselves for the, for diabetes, people with diabetes, because a small thing like you making workout videos and adding 30 minutes to an hour to every workout to like, make sure that the video looks good and then spending the time editing it and like spending the time trying to make it unique because shocker spoiler alert for all of you guys listening. There's a lot of content creators and a lot of content creators in fitness and a lot of content creators that make cool, funny videos. So to be able to cut through, like takes a lot of work, but the benefit of just making, of making content for people with diabetes is that somebody could see it at the perfect time and it could give them information that they had no idea about and potentially change their life for the better. So yeah, I mean, just the idea that, you know, talking about antibody tests, you know, it's not going to be in any like top performing content recommendations for people, right? Like, you know, it's not going to be a best practices guide, but that could be like the difference in somebody's like long-term health. And that's powerful. So yeah, basically not, what I'm saying is what you do matters, dude, you're killing it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Now I have like this sense of like pride right now coming over me and I'm like really excited to actually just gave me a bunch of ideas about 
the content I'll probably start creating this week. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, thank you for that. Well, of course, man. And, and you know, like, like you said, like you've been doing this 10 years, uh, in the type two community now kind of like, you know, it's, it's shifted not by any decision of your own, but like now you're like in that, in that place where, you know, you have a new perspective and a new point of view. And, and I'm sure, you know, people who are, you know, uh, grateful in the type one community to be able to have somebody to talk to, because I think, you know, as we've talked about over the years on this podcast and, you know, even internally, you know, we need, we need black diabetes leaders. Uh, and, and you're one of those. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm glad that there's somebody, uh, out there, you know, giving up themselves for this community in that way. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's more than just workout videos, people. It's like, it's really life-changing stuff. And I mean, not just to make it continue to blow both of your heads up, but if just one person gets an antibody test because of your content, like that's real work. Right. So, I think that it is really, I think that over the last two years, I've really noticed, especially Rob's influence in my life, rolling eyes, roll. um, because yeah, because he's constantly just like putting me on to stuff. So I, I think that as content creators, we forget that we're the plug, like we're putting people onto stuff that they don't even know exists sometimes because they might not have access to it. And we're just lucky enough to know about it. So that's all I have to say about that. All right. Yeah, like, so, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like, when I was first diagnosed like 10 years ago, there were content creators that I looked to for advice and information. And uh, 10 years later, like I'm that person. So yeah, it's kind of cool. It's like full circle. It really does. And I think like, I already see it kind of happening again. Like there's new creators like that. Uh, you know, when I was diagnosed, there was, you know, some bloggers and some OGs that really laid the groundwork. And then, you know, there's sort of our generation of people. And now there's this new younger generation of people and they do things a little bit differently and they're affecting their people in their own ways. And that's exciting. And, you know, I think again, just like lifting each other up is how I, you know, tend to operate. That's, that's my, that's my typical MO. I just believe that we're stronger together. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see like the growth and where the next generation will take us and, uh, and the people that they will touch as well. So, as we're kind of just digging into this content piece. So, uh, what's your, what's your favorite? Like when, if you're like, okay, I'm, I'm putting together my content plan for like, or, you know, or I'm putting together my like pitches for what I want to put, what do I want to make? What's your go-to, like, what's your favorite content to make for your channels? Um, it's just easily like, um, a workout and how that affects, uh, blood sugar. Um, I mean, that's basically, I deal with that every day. So it's just kind of easy to create and explain. Like, I know I can get the right information out when I'm doing that. Um, and it's always, yeah, just a workout video. Um, I try not to do super crazy CrossFit stuff anymore in the videos because I kind of want to be more relatable. Um, but yeah, every now and then I do like some high skill gymnastics, like muscle ups or something like that. And um, and kind of explain like, um, especially with high skill gymnastics, it's kind of crazy. Uh, my blood sugar always shoots up because the adrenaline. Um, so like, I like, but yeah, and I say before I go crazy talking about CrossFit. Um, uh, yeah, that's usually like, that's what I usually like to do is just kind of, kind of create a workout video. And then hopefully someone can see the workout video and use whatever I did in that video and to help them manage their blood sugars. Yeah. I was going to say like, when you put those videos out, like, uh, and I see them and, 
and always hit, you know, smash that like button for sure. But like, what kind of questions do you get where you're like, wow, I really am like opening like up a door for somebody who, or, you know, a light bulb moment kind of coming on, like what kind of like feedback or questions do you get from people with diabetes from those videos? Um, so I guess a lot of it is about the intensity. Um, especially like, like I mentioned earlier that, um, when I need to get my blood sugar to drop or get lower, um, steady state cardio. So a lot of questions about steady state cardio or how weightlifting affects them and like, how can they keep their numbers low? Like weightlifting usually spikes people. So like, um, one of the biggest things is just take longer rest periods between, um, lifting. Um, I've noticed too, that like, if I do low weight, but high reps, that actually kind of turns into steady state cardio. So my blood sugar drops. So if you can do a mixture of a, um, like a big lift and then, um, your next lift or movement is something a little bit more intense that kind of helps stay balanced, um, throughout the workout. Um, so those, yeah, those are usually some of the questions I get. Um, and then the other ones is just like how to simplify things and like the easiest thing. And I take a two mile walk every day. It's just, take a walk and make it super simple and a lot of people don't understand the benefits of walking um everyone thinks they need to do something super crazy which is an issue with social media for me but um but like walking is super I, oh i love it tell me like let's dig into it give me the take what's the take there because i think you're right like you know we see those crazy what's videos. the tea yeah what it. is a walking tea yeah it's just like i don't know like now especially now that i'm on insulin and everything and like just one we don't spend enough time outside so going outside getting that fresh air one is going to improve your mood you're going to feel a lot better um if your numbers are higher your numbers are going to go down um walking can improve cardiovascular um it can depending on if you're walking up the hill you can improve muscular strength like working out doesn't need to be complicated. And I like, I see these videos of like these people jumping on these things and moving around or like dancing to the beat. And I'm like, I don't, even myself sometimes like, I, I don't think I could do some of this stuff. So like, um, yeah, it's just like for anyone listening, like just add more walking to your life and spend more time outside. Like this is going to vastly improve, especially like being diabetic and like depression comes up so much and like being outside, like that's just going to help so much with your mood and like you're probably going to end up being a little bit more active from being outside and ended up end up not just walking but figuring out other things you enjoy when it comes to exercise so yeah it was, it was so funny when you were saying like yeah i see all these people jumping all these things i don't know why but in your mind i could just see the words in your brain being like they doing too much they just doing absolutely <laughs> too, too much too oh, much D, like and i never understand so like i look at it i'm like they have all these followers and like can their followers do this? Like, I guess maybe it's something that like inspired to be like, or something like that. But like, realistically, like in my mind is just messing up fitness for a lot of people because they see that and they think I'm never going to get that. What am I doing? This is pointless. I, I know it's you about got- making it accessible to like the average user. Sorry, Dr. Rob, but it's like, it, that's what it sounds like to me. It's not just like accessibility of like the tools, but of the movements themselves and being able to actually do them and for it to not be so, overwhelming to somebody who maybe is just getting started, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Well, one thing, one more thing on like people who do the most, like it's, it's so funny. You you were talking about like social media and it's sort of like, it's very, 
everybody's trying to get engagement. Everybody's trying to like stop people so that they and create attention so that they can, you know, break through somehow. So I get that. And like, I, I think that I think we've all have probably seen the guy who like will strap a bench to himself or like do the pull-ups or he's like on a treadmill and he's like on the roller uh, on like the, the ab dolly or whatever. And it's like, I feel like at the beginning of his like campaign or whatever you want to call it, like he was trying to make fun of it. And now people just want him to do crazier and crazier stuff. So he has to keep pushing. Like, it's just like, this only ends with him, like with a car on his back. And I just like, I'm, I'm like worried for my guy. Uh, but what in the evil Knievel? Like, I don't I, even know what you're so talking wild. about. I don't want to know. Stop. I will get you with some leaks. Send it, send it. I want to yeah, see that in my DMs. You got to see it. This guy does way too much. And like, <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to get hurt. Yeah. And, and you know, it's a real shame because like he now has that dopamine hit from every time he does a crazy workout like that, he goes viral and everybody's like, you know, laughing at him or hating on him or whatever, but like he's getting the views and that's now he's dependent on it. So he's going to be, you know, he's going to be on like 10 plyo boxes with a bench strap to his back doing, you know, jump rope or something. And he's going to fall over and, you know, hurt himself. So I was like, no, don't make evil eye on him. No, everything's going to be yeah, fine. Okay. It'll be anyway, fine. But next, at the same time, next, so I, I want to come back to the simple things. And I, I made a, a piece of content a couple months ago, just like a joke, like another stupid walk for my stupid mental health and my stupid diabetes. And like back to viral, viral. No, uh, oh. <laughs> vi viral, viral. No, absolutely not. Um, but you know, diabetes, a lot of people saw it. We'll just leave it at that. And to me, it reminds me of like, you know, everybody's at a different place in their athleticism. Everybody's at a different place in whether they're, you know, diabetes management or their weight management. I think we all can, if we're honest with ourselves, you know, want to be in better shape. We want to be, have healthier habits. We want to have better glucose management. And sometimes we miss the most simple things. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the detective's curse. It's like, you get distracted by all these things and it was right there under your nose all along. And it's the simple things. And, you know, I'm learning a lot. I'm actually working on a piece of content right now um, from, you know, these PhDs that talk about metabolic health and like what we can learn from their studies of people without diabetes for people with diabetes. But anyway, if you're just getting started, like what Dex is saying, like go for a walk. It, even, it doesn't have to be a multiple hours type thing. Like just actively reminding yourself to get up, get outside, get some sunshine on your skin, get some fresh air in your lungs, maybe break a sweat. Like if you're starting from zero and all you do is start to take a walk every day, like that's going to make a measurable impact on your quality of life. Uh, not just today, but in the future. Now that's not the ideal state. Certainly like if you want to be at your peak and you want to be healthier, you're going to need to do more, but it's those simple things sometimes that I think because they're not sexy, because they're not exciting, they don't, they're not as easy for people to get on board with. And I think that's another one of those sort of like dichotomies of like, uh, of social media is that we tend to gravitate towards the most exciting, most exceptional, most outrageous thing. And we miss the really valuable things in front of us. All right. I, um, I've read Atomic Habits a few times now, and um, I'm rereading it now. And like, it talks about just being 1% better every day. And like that walk is 1% better. And one thing that like really helps me with my walks is I walk to the coffee shop and I walk back to the gym. So like, I kind of have a destination when I get there, I know I'm going to have a treat because I like coffee. And that definitely makes it a lot easier for me to complete the task. Um, so like, yeah, for anyone listening, like if, if you're struggling with moving, 
try to figure out somewhere you can walk to that's going to bring you joy or like give you that dopamine hit and uh, take it from there. Like you can start off just walking around the block and then a month later, walk around two blocks. You're just getting better and better. And then eventually you probably start moving more and doing different exercises. I love the, the idea of a simple reward. Like, and I know that's part of atomic habits and like the power of habit is if you can find a way to give you yourself something that you like and just view it as a reward. So walk to the coffee shop and in return, you get to buy a cup of coffee that you really enjoy. And then that takes you to the gym. And now you're just checking that off, building that momentum. And, you know, the, the reward that your brain gives you, uh, you know, helps you build those habits, like make that replicable, make that, uh, and at the same time, like routine is hard for me. It's been a, something that I've been on, uh, you know, for the last couple of years, but I also know that the most, the times where I was most happy and most successful in my life, I had a really good structure. And I think that comes from like an athlete, like we had practice that we had to go to every week. We had specific times where we were required to be there. And that, those types of things are good for people. And so if you can become like a master of your own time and give yourself appointments with yourself that you keep, I think that you can really find a lot of success in that. For sure. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I got didn't think about it, but as a student athlete, having that structure made life so much easier. Like I knew what I was going to do next and I knew what the outcomes would be if I put in the, the time and effort for that. Um, and then now that I'm kind of like a weekend warrior, um, it's starting to click that like I still have those same routines, but it's just in a different way. Hey man, I heard how you said weekend warrior and I say it the same way because I like, I say it with like a little bit of pain in my voice where I like, you know, I wish I wasn't, I wish I wasn't this person, but here I am. And you know, weekend warriors, man, I'm, I'm, if you're listening to this, I know a lot of uh, way more weekend warriors listen to this podcast than pro athletes. Uh, that's okay, man. We're all on a different journey. I am, I am that weekend warrior. I'm like playing basketball. I got my 10 AM basketball game every weekend. And I live for that. That's like my, that's just my like clean slate my chronic stress out the window. I'm just going to go hoop for two hours. Same thing with my, like, you know, playing golf or whatever, like getting outside, like go experience, you know, life outside of the office. I'm, I'm here for it. I too am a weekend warrior, but on the weekends, I warrior on my couch asleep. So <laughs> I just want to say that for all the people who are not Rob's and Dex's of the world, that it is okay. Like if you're, if your battle is a little different, ladies and gentlemen, that's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Uh, Dex, I want to ask you, I've been trying to ask better questions like to close out partially because of the content creator piece, because I got to get a good video clips of my guests and just deep, impactful shit if I want to, you know, get in that algorithm. So uh, here's, here's what I got for you. Um, if you were going to go back in time, like 10 years ago to that, before that type two diagnosis, uh, two months ago, you know, uh, your type one diagnosis. So if you could write yourself, your younger self, a, a note on like a mirror, I don't know if you know, in movies where like, you, the note is on the mirror and the steam makes it appear in the bathroom. It's just like, you know, magical thing. Right. Um, anyway, just me. All right. But, uh, magical, creepy. I mean, yeah, definitely <laughs> creepy. Definitely, you know, definitely secret agent. -y. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. If you could do that to your younger self, like what, what's the thing that you would write to yourself? Uh, and what word would you tell yourself if you could? Um, the one thing I would write to myself is get a second opinion. Um, that's, I've discovered through just life in general that like not everything you learn is 100% accurate and um, yeah, just search for more information. Um, I think that's like the biggest key is just 
yeah, information. Um, like I said earlier, like I'm obsessed with information and data and I kind of like use that to do my day to day. So yeah, um, 10 years ago, I would have told Dex to seek another doctor and get more tests done. Yeah, man, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think really often, like, I think it takes a, to, it takes living with a chronic illness for some time to understand that not every physician, not every doctor, not every nurse practitioner, not every diabetes educator is the best at their job or maybe having the best day, you know, cause they're just people. And so that second opinion, uh, could mean the difference between like knowing you have a different type of diabetes or, you know, getting a, getting a different way of approaching things or a different management style. Uh, you know, there's more than one way. So yeah, I'd echo that. I'd, I, I'd, uh, just sign off on that, that, you know, message to, to younger decks. Like that's, that is for sure, uh, you know, a great way to approach things. Uh, well, Dex, man, I, I want to say thank you for, for coming back, uh, on the pod. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure to have you back. Plus, you know, you know, I are just throwing out good thing. We have air tray here or else we'd just probably still be deep in, the, in the workout. Uh, bids. But, uh, man, uh, thank you for all that you do for people with diabetes and, uh, and for being a great role model for the type two community for the last 10 years. And, uh, you know, selfishly I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad that you're on team time team type one, because if there was ever some sort of like athletic competition between the two, I, don't, I would hate to have to go against you just because you're a beast, man. So, uh, wow. He's thanks already all... planning the diabetes Olympics. Like... I am. Hey, why not? But, um, you know, I, I just, uh, it, it's great to have you in the community as a role model to, to people everywhere. So, you know, thanks for all that you do and keep making that content, man. Uh, although if I ever see you with the crazy, like workout, I'm gonna have to call you out on that since we've had this conversation. <laughs> yeah, you definitely, you definitely won't see me strapping things to my body at all. Um, nothing like that, but yeah, thank you. Um, for having me on the show again, it was a great conversation and, um, I've learned things about myself just from the talk and, yeah, thank you again so much.